Hey, welcome back to the podcast. This is Jeremy. Appreciate you guys joining me tonight. We're going to move into chapter two of Hebrews. We kind of cleaned up a little bit of stuff yesterday, and I don't really feel like recapping chapter one. So if you missed anything, go ahead and go back to chapter one and we'll start there. But tonight we're going to start right off in chapter two. We're going to look at verse one. For this reason, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard so that we do not drift away from it. For if the word spoken through angels proved unalterable and every violation and act of disobedience received a just punishment, how will we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? After it was first spoken through the Lord, it was confirmed to us by those who heard God also testifying with them, both by signs and wonders and by various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to his own will. Okay, so we're going to jump right into it. We're going to just talk about pretty much numbers one through four in chapter two. There's a lot of things that are going on. The main thing that I want to look at is that this is a warning shot to all Christians or to pretty much anybody who claims Christianity. The author says we need to pay much closer attention to what we have heard so that we don't drift away from it. Now, for me, the imagery of this is is not that of a speedboat traveling through the ocean. But when I look at this, I look at it like I'm sitting in a sailboat. My sail isn't up and I let go from the dock and I just drift a little bit at a time, just going deeper and deeper. Eventually, I end up helpless out in the middle of the sea. You know, and and for me, I got to kind of look at it that way, because this is definitely a warning for everyone. (laughs) So if the word spoken through angels proved unalterable and every violation and act of disobedience received a just punishment, how will we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? So here's here's another thing. According to Hebrews, we can neglect a salvation, meaning that. We can lose our sense of gratitude towards Christ through our own selfish desires and motives. And the word spoken through angels refers to definitely Exodus chapters 19 through 20, where God gave Moses the law of Sinai. The issue is that in Exodus 19, chapter 19 through 20, the whole thing doesn't even mention the phrase angels. Okay. This actually comes later on in the Bible. Um, Psalm 68 verse 17 actually references this. The chariots of God are myriads, thousands upon thousands. And the Lord is among them as at Sinai in holiness. All right. The other reference that we see in verse two of chapter two is actually Deuteronomy 33 verse two. He said the Lord came from Sinai and dawned on them from Seir. He shone forth from Mount Paran and he came from the midst of 10,000 holy ones at his right hand. There were flashes of lightning for them. All right. So apparently when Moses was on Sinai, angels had actually descended on the mount when God was delivering over the commandments to him. So God 
had already established his word. His word has always been. It'll always be. It's eternal. Okay. There was no beginning for it. There was, there will never be an end, but he is the beginning and he's also the end. And so the word or the law, and I don't really like the word law. If you really look at the word law, it actually means the teaching. That's a little bit different than actually using the word law because we associate law with binding things like handcuffs and authority and all those things. I'm not saying that the law word phrase or whatever, it doesn't mean that it has all of those things around it, but it's actually teaching. Okay. So God gives Moses the tablets on Sinai. And after it was first spoken to the Lord, it was confirmed by those who heard God also testifying them with signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts by the Holy Spirit, according to his own will. Now, he lays it out all the way in the beginning at Mount Sinai. The word was spoken through angels and it proved that it was actually unalterable or it was steadfast. And every violation and act of disobedience received a just punishment. Now, how will we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Now, nobody really likes to think about uh, punishment. We would rather think about discipline because discipline is a little bit different than punishment, right? Every transgression and every act of uh, disobedience actually talks about sinful disregard for the teaching or the law that God gave Moses. All right. So it's this expression or uh, uh, a deviation from these sets of boundaries that God has given us. Right. The law was put in place as our mediator. Right. It's it's the boundaries. It's on the left and it's on the right. So we stay on the straight and narrow. Anytime we start going a little bit to the left, then that boundary is there. Now we can jump the fence and go over that boundary. And then we're just, we're way out there. Right. But the law is like two bumper rails on a road. And as we travel through life, the laws are in place for us to just keep us, you know, we hit the rail a little bit because we're human. We hit the little rail and then we come back and we get back on the straight and narrow. Every transgression and act of disobedience received a just punishment or in other words a just penalty okay so when god's law was given to moses it actually establishes the fact that there is a penalty for those who break the law and don't pay attention to it right the believers are to pay attention to this message we are we are to pay attention to this what we have heard so that we don't drift away from it right because god even though god is loving he is also merciful but at the end of the day in order for god to be just he has to have certain limitations within what he calls his word okay to go against god is to make yourself an enemy of god and so there's a just penalty for that now it's god's hope that none should perish but that all should come to repentance now in the grand scheme of everything and how we actually think mentally 
um, not everybody is going to be saved and not everybody that says they're saved is actually saved. The, the whole thing is that God knows who is actually in relationship with him, who's in relationship with the father and who's received the son and who communes with the Holy Spirit and all that. He knows the ones that are the real Christians that are his actual children, right? So there's this stern warning and I believe it's about five or six different warnings in the book of Hebrews, but this is the very first one that we come across. Okay. I don't want to, I don't want to beat this horse to death, right? Because there's so much more stuff that we can actually look at. When I see a warning, I try to keep the warnings in the forefront of my mind at all times because they're important, right? Well, why is this important to me? Because I don't want to drift away. I don't want to get so far gone that I can't get back. And I know this from experience because I've been in my life. I've been addicted to heroin and Coke and drugs and selling money and doing this and doing like, and God's delivered me from all that. And I don't want to start drifting away from God and end up right back in the mess that he pulled me out of. Okay. So let's move on. Verse four, God also testifying with them both by signs and wonders and by various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to his own will. Okay. All of these, I'm telling you, Exodus and Hebrews go hand in hand because a good portion of what we're going to read is actually coming out of Exodus, Numbers, Leviticus and Deuteronomy. I probably said them in the wrong order. It doesn't really matter. But signs and wonder, this, this actually is talking about the miraculous actions or the miraculous things that God did for the Hebrew children over in the book of Exodus when they were still in Egypt and they were slaves, right? Uh, there's so many different miracles that are actually recorded in the book of Exodus. You know, we know the 10 plagues, the Red Sea, traveling through the wilderness. God sent fiery serpents and manna and Moses hit him. He smote a rock and it poured out water and all these things. So all of these things are similar in one way or another because they point to certain things that Jesus actually did while he was alive and he was ministering. Right. So in the New Testament, the phrase uh, signs and wonders reflect all the things that Jesus himself was doing as a man on earth. Okay. And we can go through and we can look at a ton of different stuff. Uh, Mark is actually full of signs, wonders, miracles, healings, and all sorts of things. Mark is actually a new believers book. Mark is written to Gentiles where Matthew is written to uh, Jewish nation. John is the believers book is the love book. And Luke, Dr. Luke took Matthew, Mark and John, and he compiled this uh, chronological order, if you will, but it's more Holy Spirit based than the other three. Not that the other three neglect the Holy Spirit, but Luke has actually written promoting the life of a believer through the power of the Holy Spirit. So these things are distributed, these signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to his own will. All of these things come from the Holy Spirit. Right. And so when Jesus was performing miracles or he was healing people or whatever he was doing, they were actually uh, prompted 
and promoted by the Holy Spirit that was with him. Remember, he had the Holy Spirit without measure. And so he was always in tune with what's the Holy Spirit saying? What's he doing? I only do what I see the father do and only say what I hear the father say, so on and so forth. And we can actually go into this a little bit because there's a huge debate within certain denominations that the gifts are dead. There are no gifts of the Holy Spirit, um, that there's no apostles, there's no prophets. And for me, that's borderline like you need to read your Bible. okay? because from what I can see and what I read, all of these things are still active. And from my own personal experience, I know that the Lord still speaks. I know that the Lord still heals people. I know that the Lord can do whatever he wants at whatever time he wants, however he wants to do it. And for us to just kind of be like, well, he doesn't do that anymore. It's kind of ignorance on our part because Hebrews also says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if Jesus is the same as he was yesterday and he's the same today and he's the same forever, well, God still speaks. God still performs miracles. He still does all of the things that he's always done. Okay. And people say, oh, well, you're taking that out of context. No, I'm not. Read the book. Figure it out. Do your own study. Okay. Ask the Lord to reveal these things to you. Just because you don't understand something or you have no knowledge or you haven't had the encounter does not mean that you should voice your opinion and say or discredit the things in which the Bible says. Right. Okay. So you don't believe in praying in tongues or interpretation of tongues but here you are you and your whole church are praying for healing praise the lord so you want you only want you only want to go after god for one specific thing that you might believe in but not the rest of them i want to stay in my comfort zone i'm not with that okay that's me that's my opinion i'm gonna leave it right there <clears throat> but if you go to first corinthians chapter 12 13 14 and you look at all those things if you go to the book of acts pretty much the whole book of acts there's a number of different prophets, prophetesses, people who prophesy, people who prayed in tongues. And we like to take in, put certain limitations on God because we say, oh, well, prophets are dead. Well, what about the 10 virgins that were prophetesses that actually prophesied? Do you think for one second they were part of the disciples that we now know as apostles? No, they weren't. They were actually just daughters of some other dude. Well, how do you know what their ministry looked like, right? I'm done. I'm not going to ride that wagon forever because we need to move on. So verse five, Hebrews chapter two, verse five, for he did not subject to angels the world to come about which we are speaking. But someone has testified somewhere saying, what is man that you think of him or the son of man that you are concerned about him? You have made him for a little while lower than angels you have crowned him with glory and honor and you have put everything in subjection under his feet for in subjecting all things to him he left nothing that is not subject to him but now we do not yet see all things subjected to him okay now this is talking about me and you this isn't talking about jesus this is talking about Humanity, men and women, children, teenagers, all of the people that make up what we call humanity. 
And we know this because when you go down to verse eight and you look at that last word, him, it's lowercase. Okay. Now, this kind of just resumes the same line of thought that we actually see in verses uh, one through four. He did not subject to angels the world to come. Okay, so the expectation of like future things or the ideal world, he didn't he didn't give this stuff to angels. Right. And he, he's actually comparing angels in the sun, like we read in chapter one. He's actually making this comparison that the world to come is going to be subject to the sun, but somebody else testified somewhere else. What is man that you're mindful of him? Or a son of man that you're concerned about him? So what is man? All right, this is this comes back from Psalm chapter 8 verse 4 through 6. What is man that you have thought of, that you take thought of him or the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than God and you crown him with glory and majesty. You make him rule over the works of your hands and you have put all things under his feet now this speaks of all of humanity as a collective individual or as a body if you will right and and pretty much what he what he's saying is that god has placed us in a position that is lower than an angel's position and it's only temporary and this is still a place of honor because we're servants we're here to serve one another we're here to honor god right now, this also applies to Jesus because Jesus is our example. So he uses Jesus and some of the things that were prophesied about Jesus in the book of Psalms and other places that Jesus himself was made lower than the angels only for a period of time until death, burial and resurrection. And then he ascended from the power that came from resurrection he ascended to the right hand of the father once he was there he has now had his position elevated higher than the angels and now is the most high god because he's no longer dwelling in flesh okay and so this portion of scripture is actually talking about the earth everything in the earth being subject to us christians as a people and as God's people, but mainly that everything in all of creation is subject to us. Hallelujah. Let's go back to Hebrews 2. We're going to start in verse 9, but we do see him who was made for a little while lower than the angels, namely Jesus, because of his suffering death, crowned with glory and honor, so that by great by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. For it was fitting for him for whom are all things. And through whom are all things in bringing many sons to glory to perfect the originator of their salvation through sufferings. For both he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified are all from one father. And for this reason, he is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. Okay, so this kind of just drives my point that I just previously made that Jesus his position was a servant. He was a human, right? He never stepped outside of his humanity and played God. We can jump over to Philippians and look at that. Actually, if you want to, 
I think it's a, a valuable point. So let's go to Philippians. We're going to go to Philippians chapter two. Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation in love, if any fellowship of the spirit, if any affection and compassion, then make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility, consider one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Here it is. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, as he already existed in the form of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped or in other words something to seize but he emptied himself by taking the form of a bond servant and being born in the likeness of men and being found in the appearance as a man he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death death on a cross for this reason god also highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name so that the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth and that every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God, the father. Okay. So we need to go back a little bit. Jesus in verse six, it says that he already existed in the form of God. Okay. He was, he was pre-existence his pre-existence was before anything was created. Okay. He has always been. Okay. But the thing is, is that he did not consider equality with God as something to be seized. So he never, ever, not one single time did Jesus ever step outside of his own humanity out of his own confinements and play the role of God. Okay. I need to drive that home because it's really important. Verse nine, but we do see him who was made for a little while lower than the angels. Hebrews two, nine, namely Jesus, because of his suffering death crowned with glory and honor so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everybody for it was fitting for him. For whom are all things and through whom are all things and bringing many sons to glory to perfect the originator of their salvation through sufferings. For he who for he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified are all from one father. And for this reason, he's not ashamed to call you and me, brother and sister. Amen. And I really I really like how personal. The author makes this. You are no longer just a servant. You are actually a son and you are a daughter. God loves you. Jesus is our friend. No longer do I call you. But I call you friends. Right. And this is really important. Verse 12. I will proclaim your name to my brothers in the midst of the assembly and I will praise your name. And again, I will put my trust 
in him. And again, behold, I and the children whom God has given me. Now, remember on the last episode, we went to Psalm chapter 82, verse one, where it says God stands in the midst or in the middle of the assembly and he judges between the gods. All of these things are absolutely important because here we go again in verse 12. I will proclaim your name to my brothers in the midst of the assembly. Almost exactly the same. And I will sing your praise. And again, I will put my trust in him. Behold, I and the children whom God have given me. Okay. Verse 14. Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood. He himself likewise also partook of the same so that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death. That is the devil and free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all of their lives. For clearly he does not give help to angels, but he gives help to the descendants of Abraham. Therefore, in all things, he had to be made like his brothers so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God. To make a propitiation for the sins of the people, for since he himself was tempted in that which he has suffered, he is also able to come to the aid of those who are tempted. Praise God. So I'm just going to end it on this. I don't really like dragging things out. We can clearly see in Hebrews chapter two, the humanity of Jesus. We can see the fact that angels are a little bit higher than humans. But according to Hebrews chapter one, they are ministering spirits sent for our service verse 16 in Hebrews 2 says clearly Jesus does not give help to angels but he gives help to the descendants of Abraham which is you and me and this is what I really like I really like verse 17 because he says therefore in all things he Jesus had to be made like his brothers so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people because he himself was tempted in that which he has suffered and he is able to come to the aid of those who are tempted. Listen to me. If you are being tempted, do not give up. God is merciful. Our big brother Jesus is a loving high priest. Look, he understands. He understands the struggle that we go through, the struggle of the flesh, the desires of being in this body. He went through the same things that me and you did, but he did it without sin. And so when we come to God and we just admit our faults and we admit our flaws there is mercy there there is grace there there is a love that will meet us right where we need to be and help us to move forward he is our hope 
we put all of our faith in him, not in this flesh, not in the things of the world, not in the money, not in the cars, the weapons, the guns. Our faith is put in nothing else but Jesus. Jesus, because he was in his human body, understands the struggle that you and I go through. And it's so hard to imagine that God would put himself in a position to where he would be able to empathize and sympathize with us because of a condition that we put ourselves in. But he did that. He is able to understand the fact that your flesh is depressed, that your flesh suffers from anxiety, that you are an emotional wreck, that you just make wrong decisions over and over and over, but you still try. You still persevere. You still move forward. You still continue to try and do the right thing as often as possible. He understands the limitations of this flesh. And praise God. I, I thank God that Jesus understands the struggles that you and I go through. Because he is now able to sympathize and empathize with us. Not that he didn't have empathy before or that he didn't have sympathy before. But now it's a more it's more of a father and son role or a father and daughter role where he loves you because you're his. He loves me because I'm his. He's going to take care of me because I'm his son. He's going to take care of you because you're his daughter. Right. And and I just love the fact that everything in the Old Testament points to Jesus. And so we can go back and we can look at a number of different stories in the Old Testament. And every story that we look at, we can learn something new about things that we actually have knowledge of in the New Testament. Mysteries are being revealed to us every single day, individually, corporately, as an individual or as a body, your congregation, your small church, your Bible study group, everything mystery form is is being revealed to us a little bit at a time. And these things are being revealed in order to draw us closer to the Lord. So that we can understand that he made atonement for the sins of the people. He is my propitiation. He is the one that I can go to and say, I'm so sorry. But I'm so thankful that you still love me. Hallelujah. So I just want to finish this out. We're, we're pretty much done with chapter two. But I, I feel like we just need to pray. out. I'm going to pray every uh every podcast i'm going to try to do like i said every night so let's just pray real quick lord we uh we thank you for this evening god we thank you for the time that you've given us as individuals to get to know you better to study your word to glean from the scriptures lord things that will help us grow spiritually that would open our spiritual eyes and our ears that we would understand that we would be able to see spiritual things hear spiritual things lord and we just thank you for the gift of the holy spirit and we also thank you for the blood that was shed on our behalf, Lord. And I just thank you. And I love you in Jesus name. Amen. If you would hit, just hit 